0: Talk Radio. I'll place you through you. How about uh, please go ahead? Well, hello, Matthew Diffie. Hello, how are you? I'm just excellent. And I will uh, tell our listeners here that Matthew Diffie, you are a contributing cartoonist. the New Yorker since 1999 and now you have this really cool book. I love this book. It's called The Best of the Rejection Collection, 297 Cartoons That Were Too Dark, Too Weird, or Too Dirty for the New Yorker. What a title, Matthew. My goodness. Yeah,
1: Yeah. (laughs) yeah. 55 of my New Yorker cartoonist colleagues were kind of putting our best, worst cartoons into these books.
0: And so, in your in, in you you the cartoonist, okay, you guys obviously it's your work. You, mm-hmm. you you love all of your work. So what was the what are some of the excuses that the the editors at New Yorker? Why do they reject some of these cartoons?
1: Oh uh, well, these are very inappropriate for probably any magazine, but certainly for the sophisticated New Yorker. Um, this is you know the jokes that we submit to them knowing that they're going to reject them, but just so we can kind of remind ourselves that we're funny and show them to each other. Uh, so I think every cartoon in here is, is they were correct
0: to reject them. <laughs> so you guys intentionally did some of these. Okay. Okay, but this is such a fun book. So, okay, so how did the, the whole idea... For the best of the rejection collection, come together, was, were you just maybe playing golf one day and just say, hey, let's do this, or what? I don't
1: play golf, despite the, the New Yorker uh, reputation. No, I, I started cartooning, you know, like I say, over 20 years ago, and immediately doing 10 ideas a week, and you really lucky to sell one, you have 90% of your stuff that's being rejected, and immediately I was like, well, some of the stuff is, is good, and I looked around at all my colleagues, and they had the same exact situation in some cases, years and years of doing this, so it wasn't it wasn't hard to come up with the idea. it was just a matter of finding a publisher and us pooling our best rejected stuff and everyone was excited about it. the cartoonists were excited about doing it because these cartoons were, would never see the light of day otherwise so um yeah it was it was a fun project. So it's almost like the kids kind of running the running the show for a while or having like a secret party in the basement. <laughs> while the parents are upstairs. It's it's our chance to kind of let loose because The New Yorker is it's a very sophisticated place and you have to be subtle and and appropriate all the time. So this is us going crazy.
0: So uh, which cartoons in your book are some of your favorites?
1: Well, there's one by Mike Tui that I love. Uh, it's just like a cafe scene, like a coffee shop, and at the top it says, Home of the Bottomless Cup of Coffee. And then you see the waiter, it's a male waiter wearing no pants as oh. he pours a cup of coffee. Oh, goodness. Um, To me, that's a very funny one. And very much like in the spirit of the New Yorker. It's its so dumb and so gross and so non-New Yorker. To me, that's half of the fun of these books is seeing these cartoonists um, who you normally see in the New Yorker, but seeing them do this, this stuff that's just wrong um, – to me, that's half the fun, and the fact that we even submitted it to the New Yorker, like they're never going to do that <laughs> cartoon. But um, that's the fun of it for me. And then there's another one that, that I love by Glenn Libre. This one's just, this one's funny, but also makes sort of a deeper point. And it's it says across the top, it says DIY blasphemy, and then it's a picture of the Prophet Muhammad, but it's it's not drawn. It's a connect the dot, so that you would basically do it yourself. Um, that was funny to me and also like conceptually funny and, and did make the point of, you know, the censorship uh, that we're dealing with, especially, you know, back then <clears throat> in cartoons.
0: Well, do you know if that? But
1: there's so many others that I love.
0: So many, well, 297. I know it's hard to pick one or two. Um, but right. so, do you know if the New Yorker is going to give your book a review or not or, or what? <laughs>
1: I don't know. Um they're they're okay with it for sure because it's not it, 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 we're not saying that the New Yorker you know made a mistake in not running these cartoons. It's it's completely clear that they were they were right not to run these. So so it's good they they enjoy the fact that we you know still uh, find some other you know sources to make money and to 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 get our work out there because the New Yorker New Yorker is really the last place to do it so. It's nice to have another
0: outlet like the rejection collection. Oh yeah, the New Yorker is just such a vital part of American pop culture and journalism and all of that. And the fact that you've been with them yeah. since ninety nine is amazing, just totally amazing. Yeah. So as a cartoonist uh, for all these years, and in dealing with modern technology and. You know with that being what it is, do publications like you said,' they're last of a dying breed, but do they still accept and want to see work from guys the cartoonists such as yourself or, or how is that? What is that market like now?
1: i um, i I didn't hear that very well. I said. Does a New Yorker still want to want to see cartoons?
0: Yeah, well, for for new people who want to break into it, and with the technology just taking oh. over your profession, my profession, everybody's profession. I mean, how does that work nowadays?
1: Yeah, well, the the main change I guess is that you know you can send them <laughs> through the internet. You know, it used to be when I first started, I guess, you could still send them in the internet, but we we shuffled in you know off the street in New York and, and sat there with the editor. Um, But nowadays, I think a lot of the younger cartoonists are drawing digitally. That's a big change. Um, I'm still working with paper and pencil, but um, I think probably most of the cartoonists are working, you know, on some sort of, you know, digital drawing pad um, and sending them in that way. Um, I think that's the only way that technology has interacted with it. It's really sort of an an old art, even if you're drawing digitally and you're still just, you know, drawing one picture and writing one joke. So, I mean, I think the people that are doing it appreciate that tradition that we're part of.
0: How, how close is the line between what you do and maybe doing stand-up comedy?
1: Yeah, well, I tried to do stand-up comedy for years and just didn't have, like, the, the, the personality, the performance chops. Um, so I would end up selling my jokes to other comedians. Um, so there, there there definitely is a, a similarity in how you write a joke and how you you know, you end with the punchline and the, the rhythm of syllables and stuff. Um, and in this case, I'm just, instead of delivering it through a mic, I'm just drawing a, a scene and having a character deliver the joke, but it's still joke writing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can see a book like this, you know, if they were to ever resurrect friends or Seinfeld, I, I can see your, your book being a part of a scene for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Mm-hmm. I can't. I yeah. can't. And with this, The whole animation nation, I would love to see some of these cartoons come to life in animation. That would be interesting. Yeah, really. That would be fun. It would be a lot of fun. Well, again, the book is the best of the Rejection Collection, 297 cartoons that were too dark, too weird, or too dirty for The New Yorker by you, Matthew Diffie. you so much for this book. I really enjoy it. I, I often go back and look through it when things are really crazy. And so thank you for this work. It's really a good one. Great.
1: Thank you. It's nice talking about it
0: with you. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll check with you next book. Tell everybody your website is matthewdiffy.com And Diffie is spelled D as in dog, I-F-F-E-E dot com. And they can find you and say hello to you and get your book too you again have a a great rest of the day you too okay bye bye -bye.
1: thank you for listening to another edition of film festival radio with your host janice malone be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com I'm not gonna And the whole I-